The penultimate of 2023. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC, where Wes challenges my vocabulary yes, and patience every week. No, I'm kidding. It's actually every day. Every day, yeah, pretty much. No. <laughs> yep. We are winding down 2023 it's coming to a close and uh yeah this is the second to last episode we'll have this year yes and then yeah we'll see you back in january we're taking a little pause over the holidays yeah we're gonna do like like julie said uh this is the penultimate episode and if you don't know what that means it just means second last um i like fancy words that's one of my my favorite words actually is penultimate um but we're also going to be doing a 2023 wrap-up just to kind of say, how was our year? Yeah. Share some highlights, share some things that you know were really successful. Maybe some things were like, well, we wish it could have gone a little better. But sure. um, yeah, we're just going to be sharing that with you. Um, but today, um, we're going to be talking about something we did for senior highs, actually. And we record this midweek, so this is this is the day after. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is Wednesday. Um, so last night, we had a, a youth lesson, um, which was really fun. I would say it got the students really engaged in talking. Um, so for me to explain it, I have to go back to Bible college. Oh, okay. So um, I, I had ethics class in Bible mm-hmm. college. Most people have ethics class when I feel like they go to post-secondary. Yeah. It's one of the electives or something. like It's like a psychology. Usually it's like, um, so I mean, I, I studied dental hygiene and I had a an ethics, ethics class. Yeah. yeah, I think I think pretty well every Yeah, because you can profession. base it on to whatever profession you are doing and how ethically yeah. you run in that profession. So in Bible college, I had a, a professor. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on a first. Every student called him by Steve. He didn't. He he was a doctorate, but he didn't really care. Yeah. He was a very cool guy. Um, but he loved in ethics class to play devil's advocate. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, he could. He yeah. He was um, good at it. Oh, he was so good. One of the first times he played devil's advocate, he proposed the trolley question to us in ethics class. Oh, yeah. Which, if you know the trolley question, um, you are on a trolley, and it splits into two tracks, and you have to pull the lever which track you're going to go on. And you either, you will hit, let's say, a woman and a baby, or you're going to hit five convicts. Which one do you save? Mm. Which one do you hit? And he just would build off of it and build off of it and build off of it of people's answers. And you'd just be sitting there like, there's n- there's nothing we can do. Like, he's just going to yeah. keep going. And so we we did that a little bit for our senior highs last night. Um, they absolutely destroyed me at it. Um, so <laughs> I have to be honest. I was I was generally and quite encouragingly surprised. Yeah. Um, so I gave them questions to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking the non-Christian perspective. They were taking the Christian perspective. So I was like, okay. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate with you. I'm going to ask you guys questions. Try and build off of it and see how it goes. The first question, and Julie, mm-hmm. I want to hear your response too. Okay. The first question is, if God is so powerful, why does he allow evil things to happen? Well, uh, so that's a, I think it all goes back to the fall of man, to okay. the Garden of yeah. Eden. I think that's like original sin. And I think um, that Adam and Eve kind of made that, that break with God and then we are I don't know not paying for the fallout but that that set it on a totally different trajectory okay um and I think that there is I think evil things happen because God has given us free will that's Mm -hmm. another 
thing. Yeah. And I do believe that we have free will. I think that, um, I think that God didn't want to create us to be people that loved him automatically. I think mm. he put a little spark in each of us yeah. that we would be curious about him and okay. then we would get to make our own decision. Because like, if someone, you know, if someone does something for you yeah. and you know it's out of a sense of obligation, it, it doesn't, doesn't feel, always feel as good yeah. as if someone genuinely does something because they care for you or okay. yeah. uh, see a need. So I think that God has given us free will. But unfortunately, that free will means that we can also make crummy choices. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a bunch of things about so, what I think yeah. about that. You're along the lines, I would say, with what the students were kind of saying as well. Yeah. One student, though, right at the beginning, this took me back. So I was like, all right, next question, because they answered it so amazingly yeah. well. And they started to talk about how, well, just as a parent guides a child. Mm-hmm. Um, God gave us free will and he's guiding us. And even though we make crappy decisions and bad decisions, he's still there for us. And I was like, dang, you are going in. Yeah. And so she she just kept going. And I was like, like she got applauded afterwards by yeah. the, like her fellow students. And I was like, I, did, I almost like didn't want to say I'm like, I wouldn't ha- be able to give you a response to that, but I had to try and build off of it. So yeah. I said, um, but how do you know that is truth? Is, well, I can find that within scripture and the way of God's character and his nature um, and how evil does not actually come from God. We don't we we find that evil is not something that comes from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said as well, we live in a fallen world. Yeah. Um, and so if we look at the story of Adam and Eve, um, we see that they were deceived, mm-hmm. which then brings in this world. So it's saying that and something I find really interesting is that. We, sometimes we, we put things together. Sometimes we don't. Um, it's like sin and evil. Mm-hmm. We usually don't put them straight together. But in fact, oh, they are. Oh, why not? What do you mean? Because sometimes like, we say, oh, like someone sinned. or But then we say like, this evil thing that is happening. We, we almost categorize it differently. Mm, okay. But in reality, oh, sin and evil mean, enters like, the world actually yeah. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's together, actually. That means that the sin in our life and the evil in the world are actually all from there. There's it's actually together. They're intertwined. They're yeah, intertwined, yeah. which one, that's a hard thing to kind of think about. Um, mm-hmm. But really, when we're going through this, if God is so powerful, why does He allow evil things to happen? The first answer we have to give it. I think it's the most rational human answer, and that's I don't know. Yeah. And so when I I, I gave them my response at the end of this, I don't I don't know. The first off, which some of them looked at me like. We just gave you like five answers. Like, what do you mean? You don't know. It's like, but at the end of the day, we don't truly fully understand. We mm-hmm. can't because yeah. God's knowledge is way more than we could ever mm-hmm. imagine. Um, the other thing that sometimes when something bad happens, mm-hmm. and I do think this is also a truth. I think that sometimes when bad things happen, um, God often gives us gifts or brings things along the way to help us through and that strengthens our faith yeah so like a lot of people will say um and i know like if you've had a death in the family often people will surround you yeah and because there's nothing there's nothing they can do someone has has died and there's you know we're all going to and that's that but a lot of times you'll have people come alongside you or do you know do something kind in Jesus name for you. And that helps 
Yeah. You feel cared for and strengthens your faith along the way. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so, like, it was just, it was really restating the evil does not come from God. Mm-hmm. Um, because we see where sin and evil actually enters the world. It does not come from God. God does actually not bring that into the world. Yeah. Um, we, we look at how actually we can have victory over evil. Jesus actually gives us the tools to actually have victory over evil. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, like, actually be able to push it down, actually be able to choose to do good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and God actually defeats evil. We actually read that throughout Scripture. God actually, he cru- um, I can't remember what it is, but it talks about crushing the headed snake. Yes. Um, defeating evil from its core and actually mm-hmm. being, like, we talk about new heaven and new earth. We just went through a Revelation series. Yeah. And so we talk about how God actually brings us into this beautiful, wonderful place afterwards of this heaven and earth coming together and living in perfect, like living in this goodness, living mm-hmm. in this without evil, without sin in this new world. And so we actually can see that God n- never wanted the world to have this. No. But he gives us, like you said, the free choice to make our own decisions. Mm-hmm. And because decisions throughout history have been made, we are here where we are today. And because as I literally liked how the student says, as a parent guides their child, God guides us as well. Yeah. Um, well, and you can't let your kids... <sighs> You can't prevent everything no. bad from happening because there's no learning or growth in that. Even like like what you're going to go through soon, which is crawling and walking. Mm-hmm. You can't prevent Oliver from no. falling when he's learning to walk. Nope. He's going he's to going fall. To. Yeah. And that's not something you can keep him from. No. no. <laughs> he's not going to learn. No. Yeah. So, you know, there are some of those things that it's... This is just part of it. And it's yep. not that God is up there being like, oh, I hope they really fall hard this time. Yeah, he's not, no. he's not like that, no. So, um, anyway. Yeah. So, the next question we went through with them mm-hmm. was, why Jesus? Like, really, really at the end of the day, why why does it have to be Jesus? Why is it, a lot of people ask, you know, well, there's so many different religions. There's so many different things. Why why is Jesus the way? Why, why should we follow him? Well, yeah, I think it's different from other religions. And as we learned on Sunday in the Advent message, um, uh, God, the God that we worship, is the only one that we know of that has actually come down to dwell with his people, mm-hmm. um, like for for a period of time. Yeah. So uh, that and makes it just, quite not different. Not just but dwell with them, but to become human, human to become yes. one of them as well. That's something we don't. Yeah. See. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, so there you go. That's yeah. the answer. Yeah. And so. <laughs> The fact is Jesus actually also claims um, to be God. He says, um, before Abraham and Moses, I am. Yeah. He's directly, in that way that he is speaking, if we look at the historical context, he's directly speaking to how the Jewish people would have known that phrase, mm-hmm. this phrase of I am, how God actually speaks to Moses in that way. I um, mean, then relating it back before even Abraham, saying that I was there before it all. Yeah. And so... Um, that implies that Jesus is God. Yes. And so we also see how no one can get to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Me and the Father are one. And so, like he, he does these notions all throughout the New Testament. Um, and the love and the sacrifice that Jesus actually provides for us. Mm, yes. And that's something to say, like, like kind of what you talk about this obligation. Yeah. It doesn't feel as, like, 
eh. Like, it, like when someone does something out of obligation for you, it doesn't feel as good. But this, the, what Jesus actually does for us doesn't come out of obligation. It comes out of love. Yes. And this comes out of sacrifice. And this comes out because you see throughout Scripture, Jesus had the opportunity to be like, nah, you know what? Never mind. He could have called all legions of angels to yes. rescue him from the cross, but he didn't. So many times, but mm-hmm. he, he chooses not to. He actually stays silent. Mm-hmm. I just choose to go through with this, this horrible, gruesome, terrible thing. Yeah. And it's because of us. And it's because mm-hmm. he takes that. And one of the students last night said, um, just like, it wasn't, it couldn't just be nothing. Like, there had to be something. Um, if you look at the, at the Jewish, um, sacri- um, religious system, there was the sacrifice. Um, there was always a sacrifice or a giving of some yes. kind. And Jesus comes and be like, I'm going to do that for everyone. Yeah. And so Jesus actually is our lamb. We sing about it through the song of Lion mm-hmm. and the Lamb. And so we see this. And Jesus actually, the character of Jesus, the way he cares for all people, not just the Jewish Christians, not just Christians, not mm-hmm. just people who are around him or near him, but he traveled all over loving orphans and widows people le- who were outcasts with leprosy mm-hmm. be it prostitutes and drunkards and all these people who society didn't really want to show didn't really want to deal with jesus goes wait he would have meals with them he would sit yeah. with them he would interact with them actually show them love and so the way that jesus actually loves is not just an example but it's when we can look at and marvel and be like there's no no like no one no one comes within a thousand or like a million miles of how jesus does things mm-hmm. sure you you can go and love and try and love as many people as you want but there's there's a human nature within us that we kind of judge and we kind of do things jesus didn't do that though no he took people as they were mm-hmm. which is not it's not something we can do no um mm-hmm. so yeah um the third question that we went over is the bible reliable which I think in our yeah. in our in our age today is a fair question, because sure. we're living in twenty twenty three, two thousand years after the death of Jesus, and then thousands of years after some of these books were written. Yeah. And so what we're dealing with is a very very old word, and how do we actually know that it's reliable? How do we actually know that it's something that can be used, um, that we can trust? Um, and that's how we started off. We actually started off with saying how scripture is something we can trust. One of the students said, mm-hmm. well, there's actually historical data that actually proves scripture is something yes. we can trust. It's super old. Uh, what did one of our students say? They said that um, scripture, um, there's so many actually focal points of data, both within scripture and outside of scripture that yeah. prove it. Um, we have so many copies of manuscripts and other things from the early early age of the church that actually proved this even before the church was really the church um and then he related and saying how alexander the great actually has like the earliest manuscript we have of scripture of the new testament comes about 50 years after jesus mm-hmm. alexander the great the earliest manuscript we have of alexander the great's conquest comes 400 years after him hmm. yet we clarify that is completely 100 percent true and he's yeah. like so we actually have more data and more evidence to prove the the Bible is actually something truthful. It's actually something we can use. Yeah. But we don't always like that. And so they also went on how scripture is such a God breathed, how yes. it's been scrutinized time and time and again. Um, and so when I started talking, I kind of reiterated what they said, how scripture is God breathed, um, scrutinized time and time again. This wasn't something that was just like, we they got a group together and said, what do you guys think? 10 minutes later, they're like, yeah, we're done. We got it sorted yeah. out. No, this was this took 
years mm-hmm. and and time and efforts and people coming together and arguing and saying what actually lines up with the teachings of Jesus here at the Nicene Creed. And how old scripture is really, we have to really look at it. The Bible, like scripture, Christianity was long in the Middle East and Africa before it was ever in what we call white Europe, mm-hmm. which a lot of people will sometimes say the Bible is just a white man's book. But it's, it's not. not. Especially because like not. most of the people in it were... <laughs> Not white at Mid- all. Middle at, like, Eastern no, like, not Jewish. Really. I mean, like, <laughs> they have Pilate, but like he was even Mediterranean. Like, I was going to say, would he be a white guy? I but, don't know. So, and so the Ethiopian Bible is one of the oldest pieces of scripture we have, which dates 800 years before the King James Version. Hmm. 800 years before the King James Version. It's a long time. It is insane because it proves that we were keeping record of this for so long and it was being yeah. studied. It was being looked at. Um, you have the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were found by just a boy in, who was a shepherd, yep. who threw a rock in a cave and heard a noise. And went, oh, that's interesting. That's yep. uh, that's new. Um, and went and checked it out and found these manuscripts of the Old Testament. And these manuscripts were most likely written by people who, in in Jewish culture, you had the Pharisees, mm-hmm. um, teachers of the law. Yep. Then you had the Zealots. People. These were mm-hmm. different factions, you could say. The zealots who were people who wanted to rebel and to fight and to go. Yeah. And I can't remember the last this other one. But they were people who actually went and kind of hid away. Um, so they were people who lived in the desert. Um, and what they did was they said, we're going to wait until the Messiah comes. And they missed Jesus. Um, oh. Oops. <laughs> it's actually you kind of look at you like, come on, guys. Yeah. Oh. But what they did was they recorded the Old Testament. They said, we don't know because the Romans may come at any time and take us out or anything. Yeah. So we're going to record what we know, what, like the Old Testament. And we're going to store it in locations that we've been. And they did this. And this this boy found this. And when we looked at it, there was barely any anything that was out yeah. of place. Like, there was one verse in Isaiah that they looked at and went, oh, it's a little like the one wording of so we got. And it's like, we've been that careful with this. Yeah. This is something people have put their life into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we don't put that as much emphasis on it today as people used to. Like, in 2023, when we said, when you put your life into something, people are kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, back then it was like, you put your whole life into this. This consumed you. This yeah. was it. Where people now like, yeah. It's your purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, so actually being able to prove that and to show that for people, I think shows the Bible is something that is reliable. It is It's something that we can come to and to realize that there's truth within this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students, I think... Some of them will had to take the side of the Christian side. I think some of them would have, been, would have been if they were on the other side, would have went off and had points to say. But yeah, same time, hearing this, they you could see them a little bit like, yeah, you know what? That's it does make sense. And yeah, sometimes when you argue the side that you're not always on, it it makes a little more sense in your head. You're like, oh, no, yeah, that kind of comes through and makes sense. The last question we have, yes, this one was um, I knew it would be interesting. Okay. Ready. Is Christianity misogynistic? No. Thank you for tuning in today. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so let's just let's. Um, I would agree with you. I th- I don't. Yeah. It's not meant to be. Let's just state that it's not meant to be. So, it maybe I think you maybe we're not separating culture and mm-hmm. yep. religion enough. Yeah. Um. When we talk about this sort of thing. And I think some of what we're doing is confusing cultural norms of the time uh-huh. with... Yeah, because a lot of times we don't look at the context that we find within scripture, especially yeah. when we look around the and multiple the, things. And the translation, even yeah. like... 
a lot of languages, the like the plural version, was it defaults to masculine, but yeah. that's just the, and I don't know, maybe I mean, you could argue that. that we still do that today. Well, if you have a group of people, you say, hey, hey guys. guys. Yeah, we still do that so today. So I, I don't know. I've never felt, Okay. as a woman, yeah. I've never felt like the Bible was against yeah. me or that Christianity was against me, but also, I mean, our um, BIC faith. Yeah. Uh, affirms women quite regularly uh, in my opinion so i yeah but the other thing i was reading something um probably last year the year before just about how interesting it was that um jesus was born of a woman and that was it it just had to do i wish i could would have pulled up the article yeah but just that that god could have found another way to do it could just could have yeah. But I think that that probably was um, building a bit of a bridge to, yeah. you know, affirm women yeah. in a culture when maybe they needed some yeah. affirmation. And so I would agree with that. I think the simple answer is no. Yeah. Um, this is not meant to be. We look at the character of God. We look at the character of Jesus. And we say, absolutely not misogynistic at all. Like he no. like both elevates women and men together. Yes. And let's, let's make that a point. Yes. This isn't just, oh, like we're not going to flip the pendulum and say it's this or no. this. No, this is actually centered. Yeah. Because God bo- God elevates both men and women. When when we look at the creation story, God creates Adam first. Sure, yes. But he realizes it's he's not complete. Yeah. Without men and women are partner. meant to be together. Mm-hmm. And so... I do think that God compliment, or made men and women to complement each other mm-hmm. in... Um, well, this is maybe more of a marriage than a Yeah, like I, anything, I got on that too last yeah. night, especially like talking about submission to each other. Like a wife's meant to submit to a husband, just a husband is meant to submit to his wife. No, that's not what it says. I don't think that's what the verse says. I think it says, wives, you are to submit to your husbands. And husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I think that the point of that is so that because if a husband were to love his wife as Christ loved the church, he would be willing to Hmm. um, partner with her and lay down his life for her. And it would be, you know, not a submission in like, I am the boss and you do what I say kind of a submission. Did you find it? What's it say? Yeah. Wives submit your husband as to the... Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, the body in which he is the Savior. It's Ephesians 5. Keep going. Um, Keep going to the next part. um, Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to her husband. No, no, read the part. I'm trying to read. I'm trying. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her name by washing with water through the word. Um, There's another translation as well. I was thinking of another translation, which says it differently. Um, where is it? I know it's here somewhere. We love finding verses on, on <laughs> just randomly. Just like, we're just going to... It is Ephesians, is it not? I think so. Wives, uh, submit yourselves to, um, to your husbands as, as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the... Head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is a savior now as the church submits to Christ. So also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ of the church and give her holy water. Uh, impressive to her. We read that already. 
to as Radiant Church. Um, where is this going? <laughs> but, A little more research is yeah, necessary yeah, here yeah, on this particular this we verse. This we jumped into this one. But what, I, what we're trying to get at is how we're actually meant to, it's a partnership. Um, and yeah. how like one, God does not, just put one above the other and say, this is the lower one, this is the higher one. It's but not actually, a ranking. It's, it's not, a, not ranking. a ranking, which yeah. we constantly do. Yeah. We constantly do. And if we look at God actually elevating women throughout scripture, like I, I bought a book recently, it's Women in the Bible, and it lets them, fr- women who are named and unnamed all throughout scripture, and God mm-hmm. actually work with work within them, what they have done, and it's incredible, and it's amazing. Yep. Um, this, the, the things that God has done, um, and how he actually elevates women. Um, and so, and we see Jesus' character. He elevates women um, to people of stature, like people mm-hmm. who would go and do great missions work throughout all the Near East. Um, yep. When we look at Paul actually wanting to protect women in Roman culture, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people get confused when Paul talks about head covering in yeah. the Roman assembly. And so people in the context women actually were meant to let down their hair in the Roman assembly for the pleasure of men. Yes. It, that was kind of a sign of like a little bit like a prostitution sign. Yes. Like, yes. like and that's how you is, could pick them well, out. What Paul so. says is no, like, where keep your, like where set yourself hair. apart yes. from. You don't... are worth more. Yes. <laughs> and Paul is actually adding, he's saying you are worth something. You are not just this. Like you actually yeah. have purpose and value. And so in the short answer, I would say no. Has it been used in a misogynistic way? Yes. Yes. And there's a really easy way, I think, to follow this. There's a campus preacher. uh, He started a long time ago. Um, He's got curly hair, taller guy. Uh, You may have seen him on Instagram or going viral. But someone asked him about religion, and he said, don't follow religion. Follow Jesus. Yeah. Religion has been used in all sorts of ways, but actually follow Jesus. That's what's important. That's what's actually needed. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy, people who categorized and got the bible together knew what they were doing they actually said what lines up with the teachings of jesus go back into that and so right now what i want to encourage us to do um is that to dive into scripture to actually go and explore the questions that we have to do that is the point of this with their yeah. students the show that's actually important to know things it's important to actually learn things because mm-hmm. you don't know when someone's going to ask you some random question oh I've, yeah I, i've had all these questions asked to me before mm-hmm. and so I want to encourage people who are listening and our students to go and ask these questions, to go and discover it for themselves. What does scripture say? What do other Christians say? Um, And to dive in and to learn. And sometimes to have the patience to do that as well, Mm -hmm. to have the love and the patience to travel with people, to travel with people through this. Um, And as you're doing your own research to also be, I think, humble enough to admit when maybe you have believed something wrong. Mm. Like yeah. I think I think when you're doing your reading it's important to not just read what to confirm what you think. Yes. I think it's important to read to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pastor Wes. Thank you, Drew. If you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, you can reach him at Wes at WaynefleetBIC.com. My email address is Julie at WaynefleetBIC.com. If you've got better or different answers than us, we would love to hear them. And join us back next week for the... Okay, so if this is the penultimate, is next week the ultimate? (gasps) Yes. Join us next week for the ultimate podcast. 
Goodbye. Bye.